and a few meaty nibbles not cold and not hot. This will keep you all going until they arrive. Our inspectors Lestrade and Gregson will revive both their bodies and spirit when eating my fare. They'll not say they're hungry, they better not dare. This is welcome indeed, our repast fit for kings, declared Sherlock, observing the delicate things. Of delicate nature is landlady brought. Mrs. Hudson prepared them, so eat them we ought. And eat them they did with the greatest delight. And within a few minutes there wasn't the sight of a morsel remaining, no fragment or crumb. Mrs. Hudson looked on and was struck slightly dumb. Well, I must say you men like your food, it's a treat. To observe hungry people determined to eat. What I put on a plate, Mrs. Hudson declared. I presume you enjoyed all those treats I prepared. Well, enjoy is a word far too subtle to use. When your cooking's discussed, Mrs. Hudson amused. Must have taught you the way, Sherlock said with a grin, to make food for the gods of the heavens therein. I am spoiled, Friar Geoffrey declared just as he took another great bite, then he said, It could be that I'll have to account for indulgences keen, and admit to my brothers the glutton I've been, but a penance of prayer and a fortnight of gruel will get me in condition to keep up the jewel against evil which I'll never cease to combat. Mrs. Hudson, I fear you are making me fat. You're as thin as a reek, and you eat like a mouse. Mrs. Hudson then countered, When you're in my house, you'll not go without food, and you'll eat what you're fed. Mr. Holmes sometimes will look like the fellow's been bled. This tenant of mine often goes without food, and eats only, it seems, when he gets in the mood. But I have to insist, as I do with that man, till the guests of my tenants eat all that they can. Watson gave out a laugh, and he said, I would say, Sherlock Holmes eats so little a fellow could play. A fine tune on his ribs which must surely protrude. Mrs. Hudson broke in with, No, that's a bit rude. The sleuth grinned and replied, A fine tune I will play, On a trim violin which is fed, I would say, On the food of Apollo, the musical god. Watson and the friar both gave him a nod. I will listen downstairs so a lyrical note Is what I'll be expecting and on which I'll dote. Mrs. Hudson said softly while pouring more tea. But no discordant airs, that is my earnest plea. I'll be back about nine when more guests will arrive, and you'll have a fine supper for which I'll contrive. Something special I do know Lestrade likes a treat, and I know what the fellow likes mostly to eat. He works very long hours, you should be aware, and for regular meals does not seem to care, or does not get the chance when he's out fighting crime. So tonight I do hope that he does take his time. Mrs. Hudson slipped out through the door and descended, the stairs after feeling that she had defended, someone she had come to regard as a part of the Baker Street team, both hard-working and smart. She thought Sherlock dismissed him too often as slow, as consulting detectives she thought ought to know, that his life was the force and the time must belong to the ones giving orders to judge him was wrong. Holmes took out his old violin and its bow, and took time to prepare it and also to show Friar Geoffrey its features explaining how he and the music it made in his youth came to be. It relaxes my mind more than nicotine can, and it isn't as smoky Watson has to fan in fresh air from the window whenever I smoke, 
Well-played violins will the heavens invoke.